0: It's the Suncast Podcast, covering the Sun Conference and all its sports. What's up, Suncast Nation? It's your boy, Manny here, and we are back. It's been a while, you know, the midway point of the regular season for Sun Conference hoops has come and went. Took some time off just, you know, getting things situated. You know, Reagan has allowed me to join NAISB, the other podcast that he does covering NAIS softball. So it's been great with him, great with Carly and Mimi. You know, been taking a lot of my time lately, but it's been so much fun with softball starting back up. And we're eventually going to get onto that here in Suncast. But this is a hoops part of the episode for me. Um, we'll be doing a solo ring, has, funny enough, NAISB business to handle. So I'm going to be taking over for him. I think now this might be the second one in a row, actually, uh, going back to back. So get getting a little bit more comfortable with these, you know, getting a little bit more exciting. But as we transition now into the second round of Sun Conference hoops for both men's and women's, Things are as close as they ha- were in the first round through, and they're still as exciting. You know, this past weekend we had on the women's side, I feel like we had pretty much everything kind of hold suit. Um, The only surprising thing, if you want to say that, was the Coastal Georgia Mariners. A very good showing against the Bobcats. I think they probably had their best game of the season, hands down, Um, but the Bobcats still pulled out the four-point victory. It's an ugly win. You know, it's definitely going to be an easy thing to say that, but. You need those. You're going to need those throughout the season. You're going to need those throughout a deep, hopeful playoff run. So even though there were definitely some things that Coach Walker and her staff want to do better, I also know that there were some things that positively you can't take away from it, from a mental aspect, from a situation where adversity struck and the team was able to bounce back. They took Coastal Georgia's best punch. And they were able to not only take it, but send it back as well. So that was pretty much the only thing that really stood out to me from this past weekend. I mean, other than that, Warner handled business against Florida Memorial. Still a 12-point game, but Warner still came out on top there. Southeastern takes a stranglehold of that number one seed. Now that is not locked up, but they do right now sit atop the conference. And then Weber versus Kaiser. Kaiser handles business as well. Again, as was a pretty, you know, open and shut type of day on this past Saturday for women's hoops, at least um, quick little run through here for the standings. You have Southeastern, like I mentioned, number one in the conference, seven and one St. Thomas, six and two sitting at second. Ave and Kaiser are both tied five and three. Ave sits atop of Kaiser at third. Um, and then we've got Warner tie, Warner and 500 basketball right now at four and four. They are in the fifth spot. And then we've got Weber at three and five and then Florida Memorial and coastal both one and seven at the bottom of the conference. Um, Again, pretty much everything handles suit. I'm not going to really beat a dead horse, to be honest with you when it comes to the women's side of things. Now this Wednesday or tomorrow, I'm recording this Tuesday, tomorrow or tonight, I should say when when you guys are listening to this, it could be a little bit different and and I'll get to that in a minute here, but then we look at the men's side. We'll start with the standings for them because good Lord, did we have a very interesting Saturday afternoon. Aby Maria, who's right now receiving votes there, six and two. Florida Memorial, number sixteen in that country, five and three tied with the Bobcats. Uh, Florida Memorial does sit, sit atop of them in the standings, and then Weber and Kaiser and Southeastern all tied at four four in conference play. That is the order of the standings right now. And Warner Coastal right now on the outside looking in, both tied with six and two records for the men's and. Uh, it's- be a little bit more again harped on the men's side because I think there's a lot more you can take away from it. We're gonna start with Coastal and St. Thomas. Bobcats avenged their loss to the Coastal Jordan Mariners at the beginning of conference play. Seventy-three fifty, um, halftime. It was a pretty close game. You know, Bobcats were able to pull it out though, and I really just have to hear my notes. Three words. Bobcats are here. This is the best the Bobcats have played all year. This is the best they have looked all year, specifically, especially in conference. Um, a big part of that, and I credit a lot of it too, is Josh Taylor. I think Josh Taylor has really integrated himself very well into the system. I think he is that missing link between uh, Milton Matthews joined Hernandez and a three ball for the Bobcats and the inside presence that curious one brings he has been that connector he found he found a good home for himself in the mid range area that elbow that mid post that short corner spot and he knows where, where his game goes I mean this game 21 points not a single three-pointer attempt cause he's like why would I need to do that I'm gonna stick to my to my bread and butter and he has been doing a great job and on the other side he's a big help for them rebounding the ball. You know, another game where he's throwing the double-double, he's had multiple double-double games already, talking about 14 and 11, uh, uh, 20 and 10 games, you know, so he's really been a bright spot for them. I continue to see him going in this direction. You know, I think we're looking at a three-headed monster right now between Milton Matthews, Josh Taylor, and Curious Warren. Um, So I'm really excited to see how the Bobcats are are trending. I do think that... They they're creeping up there and and again I I want to see how Wednesday goes or how tonight goes before I I pull that trigger on 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 the take that I have and ready ready and loaded but they, I love the way they're playing right now I love the way they ended the first round of conference and especially considering how it started when we were one in you know oh and two one and two and We never felt like we could get any footing under us. At the end of the day, they finally get time under their belt. They finally get time to get used to each other, bringing back people like Anthony Harris, JT again, coming back from injury. So it was a lot of just learning on the fly. And to their credit, to Coach Pat's credit, to the coaching staff, they've done it. They've gotten through that, and I think they're better for it. But this second round is going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot, especially mentally. Moving on from the Bobcats and Mariners, we've got Ave versus Southeastern. And what I think, and Reagan texted me and said, I give up on covering this conference. And I'm like, dude, I'm right there with you. Southeastern with the win of the year so far for them, 9377 over the gyrenes. I'm gonna be honest. Wow. like that's really that's what came to me. It's the first thing that came to my mind. Wow. With that being said, it was Southeastern's night. You know, again, the obvious effect, it happens. <laughs> you, whenever you play Avi Maria, you tend to have your best offensive game of the season up to that point. But this time, the gyrenes were not able to match it. The fire had five players in double figure score. They shot a crazy 55.9%. We're going to give them 56 because they just, they've just they earned it. 56% from the field, 40% from three, and 739 from the free throw line. We're going to give them that 74%. So you shoot 56, 40, and 70, 74, you're going to win most games. I promise you, you're going to win most games. And they also out rebound the gyrenes 42-28. It was a pretty even game, otherwise. It's like statistically, you look at the game and you would have thought, okay, turnover is pretty even. You know, I believe the steals were a little bit more in favor of the the gyrenes, the, the blocks, I believe, were in favor of the of the fire. So there were give and takes, but for the most part, it was pretty even. It was the rebounding and the shooting. That was really what caught my eye. At the end of the day, it was just the fires night. Like that's really what it came down to. You could tell that they knew this was a big one for them for the playoff seating because now they are fifth in the conference tied with Kaiser for that number four spot and still ahead of Warner in that final spot as well as Kosu who's right behind them for the gyrenes I'm not I'm not saying this but that peak take is in the bag it's in there. It's in there. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna overreact. You know, it, it again, it was a situation where the fire, I feel like just they could have bait anybody that, that night. They could have beat anybody that you threw in front of them because they were just hot. And I mean hot, hot, unintended. But I'm not ready to, to go to that. They peaked at the wrong time take. I'm not, I'm not ready to do that yet. Because the two losses that they have suffered in conference, an off night versus the Lions, credit the Lions. It was a big one for them, but but I still think it was a little bit of a more of an off night as well. That you can't really take that away from them. And then a stellar night for the fire. So, I mean, those are things that happen. But at the same time, both of those games show us the definition of one game. One game is what we're talking about in the playoffs. This isn't the NBA. This isn't where we do a seven-game series. This is a one-off. You never know what could happen. I still believe Ave will be there come the final two. But I do think the field is coming along at the right time. The Bobcats, I mentioned, I think they're playing their best basketball. The fire, they look to be. Keeping it moving. I don't know if they can continue 93 points, but they're going to continue to move in that tra- trajectory. I think the Lions, they look a little bit shaky these in that past four games, but they're still moving in the right direction for the most part. Warner, scrappy team, you can't go, go look over them. Weber, Coastal, like the, the field is really coming together now. The beginning of the year, I think the rings threw that first punch and a lot of people were a little surprised, a little shocked about it. But now... Um, I think, again, if you told me you're taking Jireen to the field, before I, I, I was leaning gyrenes, now I'm leaning more towards the field, and I don't know where Reagan's head is at, but I'm kind of wondering if he's in that same ballpark as well. Again, this is a big win for the fire. Not taking anything away from them. They proved that if they are hot, they're a tough team to beat. But at the same time, I'm curious on if they can continue that that trajectory. For me, the standout player in this game for the fire, Sean Shore, double-double, 17 points, 5 of 11 shooting, 2 of 6 from the three-point line, 5 of 8 from the free-throw line, you know, getting some good ones at the charity stripe, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, solid game for him, really the catalyst for this team. I was going to go with Reggie Mezador before I noticed that Short had the double-double. Reggie had 22 points, 8 of 15 shooting, efficient, 6 of 11 from the three-point line, efficient, didn't even need any free throws to help him out there, 3 steals, 4 rebounds. Great showing by Reggie. I think he's gonna again. He's another one that's kind of finding his groove here and finding his rhythm, and it's gonna be a big for the Fire. If they, I think they're more of a playoff lock than some of these other teams, but at the same time, I'm not safe in saying that. So I think Reggie's gonna have a big, big second half of the season here to really put that nail in the coffin, so to speak, for the Fire to try and get a. Not, I think they could flirt with the number four seed. You know, host a host a first round. But I want, I think that might be as high as I'm willing to go right now. Assuming something crazy happens from the other these other teams in the conference. Moving along, we've got F. Florida Memorial Warner. Florida Memorial also avenged their first loss in when these two teams played at the beginning of the year, 84-75. I'm gonna be honest with you, FMU needed this win. I I really think they needed this win. I also think Darius Ward, who was my standout player, needed a big game. And the Lions pulled it out, but it wasn't easy. You know, Warner came to play a season high 32 by Logan West but just not enough of help. You know, Darling was the next highest with 10. I should really not going to do it against this Lions team. You know, you still only win by nine, and Blaze has 10. You're telling me he can't get nine more points. I definitely think it was was just one of those nights for the the Royals. But you got to credit the the Lions defense as well. Now, even though, like I said, FMU took the win, I credit a little bit of it to that fact that the that the Warner Royals might have had not an off night, but just not the night that they've been having this season. You know, they, they definitely turned some heads, and I think they've earned the respect of, like, they're not going to be an easy win. They're not going to be a pushover. They're going to come, whether they're on the road or at home, and really give you their best punch. On the Lions side of things, I'm not going to ignore the fact that they haven't really been playing the best. You know, they start out the season really great. Aside from that Royals loss, you know, you bounce back, you beat the Bobcats, and then you kind of, put together some some good performances obviously beat the gyreens which some people thought could they go undefeated in the conference but last four games now they're 2 and 2 with losses to Weber and Kaiser y'all know I'm going to keep it 100 this game could have gone differently you know what i mean i know they're 2 and 2 right now heading into tonight but this could have easily been a 1 and 3 situation cuz like i said if blaze has a normal blaze game 15 plus even 12 plus i think that changes the trajectory that changes the momentum of this game so, again, credit the Lions, they slowed them down, they did what they needed to do, but it was, I think the Lions need a big win. You know, They either need a big dominant win or they need some kind of statement win to really, I think for themselves, just really get that mojo that they had at the beginning of the year when they were getting ranked, when they were earning ranks, when they were moving up in the ranks. Speaking of the rankings, I'm kind of curious when, you know, obviously... They probably have already been out, maybe by the time you guys are listening to this. But I'm curious to, to see um, where they fall. You know, um, will they stage number 16? Will they move down? Got of, kind of curious. Um, Like I mentioned, my standout player, Darius Ward, 27 points, 12 to 16 shooting, efficient, efficient. I think his best game of conference, maybe his best game of the season. Three seven from the three-point line. Didn't have any free throws on his two two trips. Unfortunately, two blocks, two steals. Just again, a big game for him. We'll see if this is gonna continue moving him in the right direction. And I think he's gonna be a big part for this Lions team. I think if he's gonna need to average close to twenty, I'm not gonna go with twenty. I think maybe eighteen to to sixteen is where I think he can really average consistently. And I think that's good enough for the fire for the excuse me, for the Lions to constantly be you know in games be favorites in a lot of games because i think that's really it's really big for them i think from a mental aspect also want to shout out latavius mitchell another double double for him 15 points 11 rebounds and raheem carter a near double double performance for him in 12 points nine rebounds getting the lines as a group needed this win, as well as some individual players they checked all those boxes they played a really really good game they pulled it out getting a little bit closer than maybe they would have wanted but in the end a win is a win and right now those are going to be very hard to come by so even a nine point one is very very good and then we move on to Weber versus Kaiser. Weber wins 85-84. And a rain could not be here again handling an AISB business. But I'm going to try my best. I'm going to put my Weber hat on here for a second. I'm going to take it right off for a second. We're back, baby. We're back. Take it off. Big win for Weber. Big one, even though the one over the Florida in was huge and I thought that one was going to be the biggest one of the season. This one, I think... Is the best one because it keeps your playoff seating alive thanks to that Warner loss. No Nesby, seven players, and they said no problem. Big, big win here for the Warriors. Now, Weber to me has been the most roller coaster team of the season. I'm sure Reagan might agree with that. You know, we've we we know his his panic button talks at times have been very high, very low, a little in between. So we understand he's been on a roller coaster. But the one thing I will credit the Warriors and bad pun coming. They fight. You know what I mean? Backs against the wall twice this season. You go and you beat a top twenty-five team in the Lions. You then edge out a win over arguably the best put together team in the conference. Some might say the only thing, because again, I gotta do my job. You know, gotta be unbiased, gotta gotta see the whole picture here. The only thing I'm gonna say, they were both at home. As a matter of fact, this team is, has not won a road game yet in conference. That could change tonight. A little spoiler there for one one, one of my picks, but they haven't won a road game up to this point. So I need to see it on the road. Do I think they can make the playoffs? Yes, but I'm only going to get more excited than Reagan if they start doing it on the road. Because at the end of the day, even if they win out, I don't see them hosting a first-round playoff. I just don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Um... Even if some other things happen outside the, around the conference, I don't see them hosting a first round. So what that basically tells me is, if you can't win on the road, you're just extending your season by one game, and that's, that shouldn't be the goal for them. They have the talent to possibly make a dark horse run, and you know, if the offense gets going, if Nesby has a, a streak where you know it's, it's a week, the conference tournament is really just a week. It's three games depending on if you have a buy or not. So if you can go strong for three games in a row, and we've seen plenty of these teams and plenty of these players do that. You we could be talking about something something crazy happening. So right now, they're for me, they're a team that until they can do it on the road, they're well, to be honest, they're gonna be an if they make the playoff team for the rest of the season because of where they are right now, because of where the, everybody else is in the conference, they're gonna be an if. That's how as high as I can. I don't know if they're gonna be a playoff lock. I really can't say that because again, I haven't seen it on the road. So even though they're gonna be an if. That if, for me, went from two lowercase letters to uh one uppercase, one lowercase, you know, capital I, lowercase F. A little bit more confident with the fact that when their backs are against the wall, they will respond. But if they can't respond on the road at least once, I think they're going to need at least one, maybe even two road games to really get into that playoff spot comfortably. We could be having a different conversation in about two weeks time. For me, standout player, easy. 35 points. Three rebounds, eight assists, two steals, 12 of 19 shooting, two of three from the three-point line, nine of 11 from the free throw line. Aiden Holt did his thing, played all 40 minutes as well. He was a big, big reason, probably the reason, that the Warriors were able to edge this win out. So I'm excited to see if they can continue to do that for tonight's game. With that said, we're going to now go into the previews, and I'm going to save the men's ones for last because I think that's really where things are going to get a little juicy, a little spicy. So we're going to go back to the women's real quick. The women's side of things, for me, the sleeper game of the day is going to be Bobcats at Lions. I do have the Bobcats winning this one. Um, Again, rivalry game. We all know what it is. We all know what it's going to be. I'm going to be there at the game. I'm very excited to be there to take this in. It's going to be actually my first time being at Floma for one of these games. So I'm excited for that. At the end of the day, I think the Bobcats are just playing better basketball right now. I think they want to bounce back. They, they're a really good team at bouncing back but I I need them to really bounce back. I need them to have a dominant game. I want to see them go out there and pretty much like they did the first time they played the Lions. They went out and they handled business from the jump. The Lions never had a chance. It was a wire to wire win for the Bobcats. The only X factor that I see for the Lions, Deja Thornton had a near 30 point game against the Bobcats, 29 points to be exact. So, I know that Coach Walker is going to be focusing and trying to make her looks as tough as possible. Can she go for 30 again? Possibly. But I also see this Bobcat defense trying to hunker down and make it tough for her as well as make it tough for the rest of the team. Now, this Lions team, the Lions program is general. I like to call them, they're, they're an energy program. They feed off the crowd. They feed off of those Lions fans in attendance. They feed off the stuff on the court as well. So you can't really play too much into that game because you're going to play into their game. If the Bobcats can keep their head, you know, they, they had a couple incidents last game against Coastal, if the Bobcats can keep their heads, keep the turnover down to a minimum, I think they're going to shoot better. I think Camila Fayfield, who had a really, really good game against the Coastal Georgia Mariners, she was my standout player for that game. But I didn't mention it earlier, 15 points, some big time shots. Martha Franco's had a great streak. If these players can continue to, to play the way they've been playing, I like the Bobcats winning double digits and again, maybe even another wire-to-wire victory. From there, I'm gonna save my upset alerts. So we're gonna skip over that. We're gonna to go to Weber at Coastal. I think Weber wins this one. Um I, I know last time I checked, Jada Burgess did not play. She still has not played. She, she was injured. Um again, last time I checked. Even still, I think Samantha Pacheco steps into that role. She's probably gonna be the best player on this court as long as she stays out there workhorse 40 minutes is probably going to be a lock for her especially at this point in the season so i see her leading this warriors team to a road victory a big road victory to keep their playoff hopes alive because again they're just like the men's side they're an if for me um in the end though when the Warriors have a little bit too much talent i think the shooting for the coastal georgia mariners is going to be a problem i just think the warriors are able to muster more offense in different ways than the mariners with that said the Mariners like to get down dirty, like to be physical. They're gonna, they're gonna talk. They're gonna, they're gonna be, they're gonna really, really put pressure on you both physically and mentally. And they're not gonna give up. I noticed that from this past weekend. They're gonna be locked in from start to finish, and they're gonna feed off the energy similar to how the Lions like to feed off their energy. And they're gonna be at home. We know this team is very tough to beat at home, even though some teams have done it. Doesn't mean it was easy for those teams. So I got a Warriors win, but I think the Coastal Georgia Mariners are gonna make it a tough one for them. Now we're gonna go to. the the upset of the day. Again, you guys know I like to always pick an upset. You never know. You can't just go with the chalk. You always got to throw it in there. March right around the corner. We're all going to fill out our brackets. We're going to pick up some upsets. Some people are going to be like, you're crazy. Some people are going to be like, you're a genius. You never know. South Eastern not Kaiser. I have Kaiser winning this game. I have Kaiser winning this game because I think there's one a more big upset waiting to happen. I don't know where it's going to be. But I think it's this one because... The Kaiser Seahawks at home are a different team than they're on the road. And you can say a lot about a lot of teams, but I've seen it with the Seahawks, especially this season. I've seen it with my own two eyes. Even if it's one quarter, they could lose three quarters. But one quarter, they just turn it on. It's just all working for them. They're getting those bounces. They're getting to the 50-50 balls. They're getting everything they need to get in that one quarter. They load up all their clips for that one quarter, and that's what they need to end up winning the game. It's going to be hard. It's going to be very hard against the Fire. You know, that 2-3 zone ain't no joke. Uh, Becky's playing some of her best basketball. Kiki Berksman playing some of her best basketball. The depth is a thing. But I think because the Kaiser Seahawks understand the playoff implications of this game, they are going to come out, and again, it's going to be one quarter. I don't see them coming out dominating the game. I don't see that happening. I don't think the Fire are going to let that happen. I don't see them winning three quarter. I don't see them doing maybe... What you might think when I say they're going to win this game, I look at them saying third quarter, fourth quarter, even second quarter. Who goes? It could be the first quarter. They're going to have a quarter where they just completely dominated from start to finish. They beat the fire in that quarter by double digits almost, and they just seem like they're just on another planet. That is what I think is going to happen, and that's why I think the Seahawks are going to pull off the upset and make the playoff implications and the seeding even more interesting than it already was. Game of the day for me. Warner at Ave. Reason that's the game of the day for me because I think the Warner Royals are gonna, you know, they're, they're, I think they've been under the radar. You know, they started the season very good. You know, they had that big win against the Lions at the beginning of the year. They've been battling with other teams. You know, in close games, kind of losing the 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 reins a little bit towards the end. But I think they've learned from those those losses. I think they've learned from those mistakes. So they're gonna come to the Ave and have a really really good showing. But in the same breath, I think the Gyrenes, they want to bounce back from their their disappointing loss against the Fire. No, no one wants to lose like that. And they're another team that I feel like started out really good the year, kind of tailed off, haven't really felt too much from them. So I think they want to use this win to maybe get back on track. It's going to be a good one. I think it could be a tight one down the stretch. Could even maybe even maybe see some extra basketball if we're lucky. But overall, I do think the gyrenes are going to pull out that victory, and that'll round up my picks for tonight. As for the men's, wow. Okay, so we're going to start with Weber at Coastal. Uh, this is probably the most simple one for me, but still not going to be an easy one, similar to the women's side. I have Weber winning it, but I think Coastal can definitely pull it off, especially if we're looking at the situation where the Warriors have seven players again. If you don't have Nesby again, I can you really ask Holt to go for another 40 minutes and have another 30 ball, uh, almost 40 ball, almost having a point a minute? It's a lot to ask for him. He can do it. We've seen him do it, but still a lot to ask for, and you can't really bank on that. Coastal, I can for sure see them pulling it out. I can for sure see them pulling it out, but assuming the Calvary is on the way, I think the Weber Warriors go on the road, and they take their first road victory of the of the conference this season. Again, with that said, I, I've been the Coastal guy all, all year. I, can, I know that this team... And energy is a thing for them. They feed off of it. They're a very good team. They're a very well, un, well disciplined and understood team. Well put together team. So it's not going to be an easy one for the Warriors. So they cannot give Coastal any type of confidence, any type of belief. They have to go out and really do it from the jump, which I don't know if the Warriors can do, but I think they're going to do it this time. From that, we're going to go to our sleeper game of the day: Southeastern at Kaiser. Actually, you know what? We're going to skip that one because that one and the Warner game are going to be kind of intertwined. So we're going to say that one for last. We're going to go to game of the day. St. Thomas at Florida Memorial for the men's side. I got the Bobcats winning. Last time I said that they lost. Obviously, it was a great game down the stretch. Those last three minutes were a car crash. The first, I'll be honest, the first 37 minutes, a little slow. You know, a lot of fouls, free throws, kind of missed shots. It wasn't a lot going. I'll be honest with you. I was there. I was on the call. wasn't Wasn't a lot. Those last three minutes, car crash. Like I said. Everything was happening. There was highlights after highlights, big plays down the stretch. So I'm expecting those last three minutes to be the full 40 this time. This will be the game for both teams, that when the season is over and everything shakes out the way it does, and we look back and say this game broke the loser and catapulted the winner. And when I say broke the loser, I don't mean that panic button, let's lose our minds. No. What I'm saying is you've got two teams here, St. Thomas Playing their best basketball of the season, I think, up to this point, especially in conference. The Lions, they're not playing bad, but again, two and two in your last four games. You didn't necessarily end the first round the way you wanted it to. So I think that they could really use a big win. This could, like I mentioned, this could be the big win that they need. If the Lions were to lose this game, that panic button it's so looking a little bit brighter. I I would know where it is now because now you still got Avik around the corner. You still got Kaiser. You still got Southeast, you know what I'm saying? So it's like if you lose this one, you now come back down, you know, you're tied right now with the Bobcats. Like this this game is so important. This could be arguably the most important one for these two teams up until playoffs. If the Lions lose it, they lose that second seed to the Bobcats. Bobcats now Bump up to that number two spot right behind the Jairines. And then again, just internally, I wonder how they respond to that because, again, it's a rivalry game. You just kind of add that extra oomph to it, especially if you're the Lions, you're thinking, well, we didn't play our best game. We didn't play a full 40, and we still pulled it out on the comeback side of things the last time these two teams played. For the Bobcats, if they were to lose this game, you're now thinking, well, we've had a great stretch of games. You know, you beat Weber. Beat Coastal, you beat Kaiser. Which I think that was their best game of the season. You're building things together. It's coming together. Even the losses, you know the 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 gyrenes, It's a bucket. It's literally a bucket difference. You know what I mean? So those type of games, the Lions. You're looking at it. It was just those last three minutes. Those last three minutes. But if you don't win this game against the Lions, you gotta. It and I don't think it will. But it could be the beginning of a situation where we're like, well. Why can't we figure this out? I think they will. I think that they are going to ride a momentum into this, into tonight that is going to catapult them to win this game. And then that pressure goes back on the lines to say, all right, it's a tough loss. How do we respond? If the Bobcats were to lose this game, same thing. It's a tough loss, but you cannot let it really deviate you from what you've been doing these past few games. Because again, Just from the eye test, not even the numbers, because the numbers are the numbers And but the eye test. I've seen these games up close. They look like a different team, even from those first three games, even when they beat the the Fire, even when they beat the Royal, even all those games. They look like a completely different team. So I would really, I don't want to see either of these teams lose and then that deviate them. But at the same time, I could very well see this game having that type of impact. For the winners, it could be the one that says, we're here. We're ready. We're locked and loaded. We're ready to roll. This could be the game that starts a winning streak for both these teams. I could see that happening very, very easily. Big game. I got the Bobcats winning. I got a nail biter. Full forty this time. Full forty. Last two games, and the reason I I want to do them together is because the Southeastern Ave game really, really was on my mind when I was trying to make these picks for this game. We're gonna go with the sleeper game of the day. As I mentioned it earlier, Southeastern at Kaiser. For me, I got Kaiser winning. I got Kaiser winning this game. Again, I'm going to be honest. These two games, a big part of me picking a winner was the Southeastern and Ave game and how that came about. When I zoom out and I look at the broad picture, I said, what is more likely to, to happen? Because I do believe there's at least one upset tonight. At least one. Like, that's the only thing I think Reagan and I can agree on. There's going to be an upset somewhere. Some, even, even if it's two, there could be even two, but I think there's going to be at least be one. And I asked myself, I said, what is more likely? Ave has another tough game or do the Southeastern fire have another masterclass? As much as I like how Southeastern played, I still think that their best case scenario in a vacuum I don't know if they can replicate that. Again, there's a lot of outside factors that have contributed to that win. Again, out rebounding the gyrenes. You shot 50, 56, you shot 40, you shot 74. You you had five teams and players in double figure. You had Reggie go for 22. You had Shore had a double-double. So there's a lot of outside factors, but in a vacuum, that can that be replicated? I don't know. Because again, this team for the most part has not been an offensively minded team throughout this conference run. They've been getting better. That's why I like the trajectory. But I don't know if they can go back-to-back games. Even, I don't even know if they can get to 85. Like, I'll be honest with you. So I I haven't seen it enough. I haven't seen it enough. That's my only thing. As much as I think they can do it, I'm not going to bank on it happening back-to-back games. Especially on the road at Kaiser, where they feel like they dropped one. They feel like they should have won that one against the Warriors. They feel like they could have put themselves back in that contention for the number one spot. Obviously, they still are. But I'm saying in retrospect to now, there there should be more so focused on making sure those teams that they're tied with don't jump them. In the end, I see the Seahawks bouncing back, and they win a close one. Where honestly, I see extra, ball, extra basketball for a sure thing. Whether I'm right on the pick or not, I see extra basketball happening because, again, the fire feel like we found something. Let's continue this momentum. And the Seahawks are like, you are not. We are not going to lose this game at home after dropping that one to the Warriors, after by one point. Great game in a store for you folks. Really, I think you should pay attention to this one because again, one thing I'm for sure on extra basketball will happen. How many? It's also another question. Last one for me. It's my upset pick. So you just kind of might see where I'm going with this. I got Warner winning. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm sure some people just like you're crazy. Some people are like losing your mind. Just hear me out. I like spicy food. So y'all can't be surprised about this pick. I'm sorry. I'd like to get a little spicy. I'd like to. I like Warner. And I understand that nine times out of ten, I'm taking Ave. I'm taking Ave, especially at home. I am. I'm going to be honest with you. I would take Ave nine out of ten times. But this is the one time I won't. I see a Logan West 30 ball. I think he can do it again and be physical with Avi. I mean, last time they played, it was a 97 95 game in overtime. Like it took extra basketball for the Gyrenes to beat them. Now, yes, it was at home or at the Royals' home, but still, it's it happened. It happened. I see Blaze thriving in the fast paced Gyrenes ad with a bounce back after a 10 point night. I see minimum Blaze goes for 15, and that's being generous because I'm pretty much giving him five extra points from what he's, he got last, last time out. He can get 15. And then his confidence will get will, will definitely be on the, on the up and up. Playoff livelihood for them is on the line here. Another team who I think their best best bet is being an if they make it, because I don't know, I can't really say they're going to make it if they make it till the end of the season. I also picked the Royals to test out my theory. Like I said, I do not think the Jireen's peaked early. I don't. I think that, While they peaked, I don't think they peaked early because they still have the ability to put up 90 plus, 100 plus points. I always thought they were a team that on their worst day, they're going to get 70, 75 to 80, maybe 80 to 85. They got to 77 last time they lost. But again, that was because the Southeastern Fire, I feel like, had a really good game. So this game, I want to see, is that going to happen? You know, I don't think they peaked early yet, but. If they do not win this game convincingly, and I mean convincingly, if we have another overtime two-point win for the gyrenes or the Royals make me look like a genius and pull it out on the road, Reagan talked about the panic button and knowing where it is throughout this season so far. Well, this take for me, it's in my bag, and I have unzipped it. I haven't taken it out, but I unzipped it. I can see it. It's a big game for these teams. It's a big game for both of them. Again, I like Warner. If Aave doesn't win the way I ex- I think they should, then I'm still not 100% on it. I think it's going to be a great game either way. I'm very excited for it. I understand it's not going to be, people are going to be a little crazy about it. But again, there's a lot of things I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about these two teams and what they're coming off of and what they've got in front of them. Overall, this Wednesday, tonight, when you guys are listening to this probably, could be the beginning of the end for some of these teams. I'm going to be honest with you. You know what I mean? We're, we're over a qu- over halfway through the season, coming up on the three-quarter mark. You know, Some teams, they kind of know what, what their, how the long time their season is left. Other teams don't know. But I promise you, as the week go on, those teams that don't know will start having an idea. Playoffs are going to be right around the corner. They're at the end of the month. They're at the end of the month. It could be the day that things change completely in the conference. You know, we, right now, the Southeastern Fire are number one on the women's side. The Ave Maria Jairins are number one on the men's side. That could very well change by the end of the day. By the end of the day, come Thursday morning, we could we could be sitting here, me and Ray could be talking about, like, look, so-and-so is now number one. So-and-so is now number one. So-and-so dropped out of the – like, it could all change. I see minimum one upset. And I wasn't going to go minimum one, set be, minimum one upset between both sides. I think minimum one upset first side. So two for the day one per side. I, pick, I told you guys where I think they're going to be. I'm right. You know, I would love to be right. But at the same time, I really don't know. I don't know. This is completely just looking at my, doing my own research, finding out what, what things I like, things I don't like and just going from there. I'm not putting a max on it either because for all I know, it could be eight upsets. All eight just completely, it, it's come, it's gone. It's all gone. It's all gone. Completely out of words. I could really see that too. I'm sure there's a, there's a universe out there where all eight it's an upset. But this conference is the Wild Wild West. We've been saying it since day one. We were seeing it now. Honestly, Southern Sun Conference, I think it should be named. The nickname should be Wild Wild West. Because good lord. And in the Wild Wild West, the name of the game is Survive. Survive for another day. These teams, as much as some of them have aspirations for not just conference success, but NEI tournament success. You can You're so close to the finish line. You cannot overlook the final few steps because you do that. Someone's going to catch you from behind. There is not a gap big enough. There is not a gap big enough. Even those teams that seem like they're not in the hunt, they're in the hunt. Maybe they don't control their own destiny, but they're still there. There is a scenario there. There's a scenario where the Mariners and Alliance on the women's side, find a way to get into that six, six spot. There's a situation where the Royals and the Mariners on the men's side find a way to get, even in the fourth spot. This conference is not done yet. But at the same time, like I said, at the beginning of this, tonight could be the beginning of the end for some of these teams. And those are the teams that I'm most worried about. Because, though, because I said on the broadcast, and I've said it on here sometimes, I'm a firm believer that the scariest teams in sports, any sport, are the teams with nothing to lose. Some of these teams are getting to that point. For example, the Warriors on the men's side. They've been up their back up against the wall twice. They've responded twice in emphatic fashion. Enjoy the games tonight. Thanks for listening. And Again, tonight is going to be a lot of fun, y'all. Get your popcorn ready. Tune in. Try and watch a game on a laptop. Watch a game on the TV. Have the live stats on the other two and just let it ride. Because I promise you, y'all not going to want to miss a moment of the action. Talk to y'all later this weekend.